Hi, friends. Welcome back to Eyes on the Right podcast. I'm your host, Amy, and today we are going to do a cliff note version, what I'm going to call a cliff note version, of what Freemasonry is. Many of you have reached out to me and asked if I could elaborate on what Freemasonry is. I post a lot about it on Eyes on the Right 4.0, my Instagram page, and I guess I take it for granted that all of the years of research I've done, I just kind of throw stuff up there. And this is why I love having the podcast platform because I can go into more detail what exactly is going on here, what it means, what are some of the oaths and rituals that are taken within Freemasonry, how that looks. And I've had a lot of people ask me what to do if there is Freemasonry in their bloodline, in their family line. So we're gonna get into all of that today. So stay tuned, and we are going to try to break this down in a way that is easy to understand and simplistic, because this stuff can get really deep really fast. And I think for the majority of people listening, who has the time to understand all of these different facets of what Freemasonry is and all of the offshoots of the secret societies like Skull and Bones and Rosicrucians, Thelemites and all of that. Let's make it simple. This will give you guys the basic facts and understanding, and then you can take that. And if it in- interests you or intrigues you, you can research more on your own. But I will say there are a ton of great resources out there. There's a ton of really good books that you can look up um, and order on Amazon or what have you. And there's great videos that are on Rumble and even on YouTube still that a lot of people are coming out who are either ex-Masons or people kind of shining the light on Masonry because they've done the research, they put in the time. And it's really important if you feel like, specifically, if you have this in your family line, or if you don't, really start praying now, God, is there something in my family line that I need to know about, specifically with Freemasonry Eastern Star, anything derived from that. It's important to know because there are oaths and blood vows that are taken in each of the degrees that we're going to go into. And it's really important um, to understand this because it brings about a curse. And these are real things. This really happens. There's tons of testimony to attest to this. So it's worth us considering, at least being prayerfully considerate of the fact that this could be potentially impacting our families. So let's start this journey on a little bit of history about how people think the Freemasons started. I'm going to read from an article, and it says that there are several theories about the origins of Freemasonry, ranging from ancient builders to medieval stonemasons. Still to this day, the roots of modern Freemasonry are the subject of intense speculation, but the general consensus among Masonic scholars is that they lie with the medieval stonemasons that built our castles and cathedrals. And so when we look at Freemasonry, we think, well, it probably started around that time, right? And yet I would propose that it really does tie back to the Bible as well. And I'm not saying Freemasons um, are supported biblically, but when you look at how a lot of Freemasonry is intermingled with the Bible and Christianity, you're going to start to see why some people would think that Freemasonry is a Christian organization. So in Acts 4.11, it says the stone that the builders rejected. And the stone that's being talked about here in Acts is the stone, which is Jesus Christ, right? And the builders, and, the, and Jesus Christ is known as the cornerstone. Um, we have a lot of references to building and stones and masonry, even in the Bible. If you think about in Genesis, the Tower of Babel, they were building 
stones, right? A, a pyramid, a ziggurat to the heavens to overthrow God. And as you move down the line, just like the verse I said with the stone that the builders rejected, you have all these ideas of building and stones and masonry interweaved throughout the Bible. In fact, in 2 Samuel 5.11, it says, Then Hiram, king of Tyre, sent messengers to David with cedar trees and carpenters and stone masons, and they built a house for David. So you see all these ideas interwoven throughout the Old Testament and even the New. And I think that we have to remember that Satan does not create. He only imitates And he will take Christianity, he will take the Bible, and he will mix it and twist it and turn it and make it this kind of conglomerate and potpourri of multiple religions. And as we go through what Freemasonry is, I think you're going to see that that's exactly what has been done in this case. So the medieval era was when many people think that Freemasonry originated. And as you move on down the lines, you see in the 1660s, there was more evidence of gentlemen being made Freemasons. And moving into 1717, you see the first of a Grand Lodge. And this was done in London. 1717, there was a Grand Lodge, the first in the world. And this was the founding of the Premier Grand Lodge, the first of its kind anywhere in the world and the origins of the United Grand Lodge of England. And so you will see a lot of the Grand Lodges are originated in England is what many believe. And so in 1723, there was this Grand Lodge rule book that was made, and it was basically the Constitution of the Freemasons. And it was um, these Enlightenment principles that kind of provided the philosophical foundations of what modern Freemasonry is, even in that term Enlightenment principles. Keep that in mind, because as we start to unpack this a little bit, you're going to see that it's all about going from the dark to the light. And although that sounds like it could be a good thing, It really has these touches of New Ageism and other pagan religions scattered throughout Freemasonry. So you will start to see the common denominators there. So after moving from Europe, it came into America and the American or the United States Masons were also known as the Freemasons. They originated in England and afterwards it became this popular association for leading colonials after the first American Lodge was founded in Boston in 1733. So these Masonic brothers pledged to support one another and provide provide sanctuary if needed. So really at the, at the core of what they believe or they say they believe is this idea of brotherhood, this fraternity, right? The ideals of liberty and autonomy and, and God as envisioned by a deist philosopher as a creator, right? This, the, the great creator. Um, and, This is where we have to look at it a little bit deeper, because on the outside of what they're presenting, it looks good. If you go to a Masonic page and you look at their core beliefs and what they believe, their principles, um, reading from an article talking about Freemasonry, it says our ceremonies are based around three principles that are still taught in our ceremonies today. Number one, look after those less fortunate. That sounds good. Improve yourself. Okay, can get on board with that. And number three, live life well so as to be remembered for the right reasons. Okay, you're leaving a legacy. So even in this essence of what they're saying Freemasonry is, it sounds good. It's packaged with really great wrapping paper. But 
if you really want to get to the core of what this is, you've got to dig a little deeper. And we're so lucky now that we don't have to go to a library to research. We have the internet. We have people coming out, like I said, with testimonials about being in Freemasonry and what really goes on there. And also people have written a lot of books um, regarding this topic. And so we have to bring those into consideration if we really want to look at the truth behind this. So the Freemasons are really intertwined with most secret societies. In fact, most people in the Illuminati are Freemasons. Um, Really, all, all of the occult, all of these kind of offshoots of secret societies, whether it's Thelemites or Rosicrucianism, whatever you look at, they are all Freemasons as well. And they're all intertwined. And it boils down to this idea that they worship another God. So there's idolatry in this. And as I said, they will say that they worship God. But the question has to be asked, what God are they worshiping? What God are they saying that you can worship? And as we move through this, I want you guys to have an open mind and to dig a little deeper into some of these areas. Because if you have people in your life, or if you've been involved in ceremonies where you have to take vows, you have to take oaths, you cannot tell the secrets of the society, there's something wrong there. Because anything that where you have to keep a secret in whatever facet that is, there is deviancy there. There is, um, there's things there that can hold you in, in darkness, it can it can keep you in bondage. So keep that in mind as we go through this. But when you look at Freemasonry, it really is packaged as kind of this boys club with perks, right? It's a fraternity, it's a brotherhood, it's a place where you can, you know, build your business resources. And in fact, most of the world leaders, if not all, I mean, I'm taking a guesstimate here, but most of the world leaders, most of the politicians, most of celebrities and people who own major corporations are Freemasons. They are. And this is why a lot of them get into it. You know, many of the judges and and many of the pastors, mega pastors are Freemasons. T.D. Jakes is a Freemason. And there are others that are associated with T.D. Jakes that you really have to take a hard look at who keeps his company, who has him on his board, on their board of directors, Judah Smith, Stephen Furtick, all of these big name mega pastors, you have to look deeper into who they surround themselves with, the symbolism, and really, really pray about it. Because we would be fools if we think that everyone that calls themselves a Christian is really truly that. And I think a lot, I think there's variance in this. I think that there's some pastors who, like I said, think that Freemasonry is a Christian organization and maybe they unknowingly are involved in this. And I believe that there are some pastors, specifically those that are mega wealthy and mega pastors, that you have to take a harder look at because they're showing you with their words, their actions, their fruit, with their associations, they are giving you little clues about who they are and what they're associated with. And it's up to you to pray about it, to test the spirit, to ask God to show you if there's a deeper meaning here. And we just have to realize, you guys, we're in those days now that not everything is as it appears to be. And this is true with Freemasonry. So when we look at Freemasonry again, it at the core of what it is, it's idolatry and it preaches another gospel because it's basically telling you that you can worship a supreme being. You can worship whatever you deem as God. And we're going to break this down so you get a better idea of it. But let's kind of look at Freemasonry and the different degrees. So 
So regular Masonic lodges are going to work the first three Masonic degrees. And from my research, there's either a blue lodge, which is based on the rituals as created by the York Rite body of Freemasonry. And then the other style is the red lodge. So you have the blue and the red lodge. And the red is based on the rituals of the Scottish Rite. And the actual ritual used in the philosophical and esoteric foundation, you can really get into if you want to read books like Morals and Dogma by Albert Pike. He really digs into some of this. Same with Manly P. Hall. Like I said, there's a lot of books that you can order to dig deeper into what these mean. But as you move through the first three degrees, then you get to decide whether you want to go on to the remaining 29 degrees. Okay, so that's this idea that is moving through here. And with every degree and with every ritual, you are making an oath or you're making... Um, you're swearing to a a certain principality, a certain ideology. And this is the part where there's deception, because if you don't know what you're doing and you're making an oath to, um, that can be very dangerous, both physically and spiritually, because there's a lot of people that who are in the higher rankings that have come out against Freemasonry, and they've reaped the consequences of that. Some have lost their lives because of it. So let's go into the three levels of Freemasonry. So the first level is called the Entered Apprentice. And this is where the apprentice or the person that is coming, you know, moving through this, um, this is where they confess that they're looking for the light. Okay, they want they want to move into the enlightenment, they want to move towards the light. And when you think about the light, if you're a Christ follower, you think that Jesus is the light. He is the only light of the world. We taught, we learn about that in John and First John as well. But you think about this and it's deceptive even right there because you think, yeah, well, who doesn't want to come to the light? Who doesn't want to understand more about Jesus, right, if you're a Christian? And even in this first degree, you're kind of seeing this deviancy here. And this is what it's all about. It's about deception. It's about deviancy. They're going to only show you so much because part of of this is earning trust. And part of it is keeping the lower levels in deception, because they will never really know what the upper level people know. This is part of the deception, because it's like the symbol, the circumpunct, the middle people, the dot in the middle, they're the only ones that really know. They're the elitists, right? They're the the esoteric ones. They're the ones that are the enlightened ones that can only get the knowledge because they've gone up the level, the, the ladders and the rungs of the ladder, right? And when you look at this, you start to see that there is a sense of secrecy, even with the the lower levels. And so the next level, number two, would be the fellow craft. And then the three would be a master mason. And as they move through these levels, there's diff different rituals and different oaths. And then, like I said, after that, they can take the choice of the Scottish or the York Rite, and they can move up in the different levels. And so most lodges in America are blue lodges. There are some red, but most are blue. And you can literally see in every state, every city, there's a lodge and they're literally everywhere. And many believe that they can be Christians and be a Mason. Um, many are in deception unless they dig a little deeper or ask the hard questions. But when you think it, of some of these people, and, and maybe some of you guys know them in your own family line, they were really strong Christians. And that doesn't mean that they that they didn't love Jesus. I'm not saying that. And I'm not coming up against people that have been through this because there's a lot of deception there. We've all been deceived in areas of our life. We've all been deceived by the media and our school system and the government. So please know that as I come 
and present this, I'm I'm truly just coming as a messenger. And what you decide to do with this information is absolutely up to you, but you will be held accountable for what you're listening to. And so it really does behoove you to dig a little deeper into this. Um, looking at Freemasonry, I mean, these people are placed all over the world. They're Like I said, they're in world leader positions. And I would venture to say that most people in high level positions are Freemasons. Um, Freemason is Freemasonry is literally a school and a training for high-level occultists. If you want to look at it, they, it's an advanced training school for occultists. And as they move up into this enlightenment and they move up the rungs of the ladder, you see that they're believing that they're coming into a full understanding of how life works, who they are, an understanding of, in quote, their creator. And they believe that they are the chosen ones, essentially, that they are the enlightened ones, and only very few get to that degree, the 33rd degree. And I've even heard that there's higher degrees than that. I don't know. Um, I can only give you what I've heard and researched and read online and in books. So again, test everything, but know that there is a lot of resources out there for you to look into this. As you start to unpack Freemasonry and you start to see what is really involved with this, you will see that it is all based on these ancient mystery religion, religions, Kabbalah, Jewish mysticism, um, all of these ideas of mimicking who Jesus Christ is. In fact, you will not hear Jesus Christ spoken about in Freemasonry. Um, he is likened to a philosopher like Confucius or a highly spiritual prophet like Muhammad or Buddha, and Jesus is not looked at as God in the flesh, as God incarnate, right? Meaning, meaning fully God, fully man. And this is where the error comes. I mean, you can even look in scripture where it says, how will you know, I'm paraphrasing, but how will you know if people are from the Antichrist, they will say that Jesus is not God. They will say that. And clearly, if you're a believer in the scripture, and you have a belief in Jesus Christ, you know that it was God in the flesh that came down to rectify humanity and bring us back to him, relationship with him. So that's error right in and of itself. And so if, if people are making oaths and vows that go against God and against Jesus, that right there is enough to know that that is hugely idolatrous and blasphemous to creator God and Jesus, right? So looking at some of this, when you look at our history and you look at George Washington, he's he was in fact a Freemason and the rotunda there in Washington, D.C., when you look up at the ceiling, it's George Washington deified. He's sitting amongst pagan gods, right? And when you see that, it's like, what? wait a second, why is he up there? Many people believe that, you know, a lot of our founding fathers were Freemasons, a lot were Christians. And, you know, there's varying degrees of belief there. And I, I don't want to get into that in this, but Maybe there were a couple that were true Christ followers, um, but I do believe that there were many like George Washington who was a Freemason and they believed that he was deified. And what does that go back to? It goes back to this idea in the garden when the serpent says, you will be like gods. And this has been the quest of humanity, evil humanity for millennia is to be godlike right? Little G God. And the same is true with this idea in Freemasonry. It's this enlightenment, it's the deified man, and 
you know, it's this intimidation, it's threatening, it's sworn to secrecy, or they will have death. And these death oaths in every level of Freemasonry, from, you know, placing a, a dagger or a sharp compass at the at the breast and having them vow that they will, you know, essentially cut their heart out and cut their throat from ear to ear. Um, you know, their innards and their guts will be just pulled out from them if they say the secrets that they were sworn to. And it's just disgusting. You see it all throughout. And many of the main pagan leaders of the world that have influenced us from Alice Bailey to Helena Blavatsky to Aleister Crowley, they were all Freemasons. They were all part of that Freemasonic ideology. And it's just this idea of deification it's anti-Christ, it's anti-God. And, um, you know, you're really going to have to ask the hard questions. I mean, some of the famous Freemasons include Walt Disney. Walt Disney was part of the De Molay. He was a Freemason. Um, you have different fraternities like the Shriners. The Shriners are the Islamic expression of Freemasonry. You can see it in their symbolism. This is why we have this idea of, you know, symbolism really does share exactly what people are trying to express because you cannot deny the symbolism. You see the crescent moon, you see the star on the fez, you know, the hat that they wear and on their emblems and their trinkets. It's an homage to, you know, the Arabic nations to Islam. And the Shriners are really just that that expression of Freemasonry using the their symbols. And even Joseph Smith, we talked about this with Lindy on the podcast I did where she shared her testimony of coming out of Mormonism. Um, Joseph Smith, the founding father of Mormonism was a master Mason. Charles Tate Russell, the founder of Jehovah's Witness was also a Freemason. So look at these common denominators here that you're seeing. It really once you kind of get this, you guys, the basics of this, you can really spot it everywhere. You can start to discern what is true, what isn't, who is true, who isn't. And if you're you're willing to ask the hard questions, if you're willing to pray and really ask God, okay, is this something that I need to know more about, then he will show you the answers. You can't deny it. So there's really four books that Freemasons honor. And the first one is the Quran. The second one is the Tarak, which is the Hebrew holy scripture. And the third one is the Vedas, which is Hindu. And the fourth one is the Bible. And most lower level, level Masons have really no clue. They don't know. It's it's all of this is revealed at higher levels, you guys. So understand that if you have a brother or, you know, an uncle or somebody that was in Freemasonry and they were in the lower levels, most likely many of them don't know. And in fact, they may defend it. They may say there's nothing wrong with Freemasonry. It's a, it's a Christian organization. But like I said, you have to dig a little deeper. You have to dig into books. You have to dig into the literature and the testimonies to find this. And so when you start to ask these hard questions, you you start to ask, okay, wait a second, if Jesus isn't talked about, if the Quran and the Vedas, etc., are revered, who is this God that they're pledging allegiance to? Who is it? And if you don't hear that Jesus is God, there is conflict there. Do you see the conflict in that? And so Freemasonry is so deceptive. I mean, you 
you just have to look deeper, you guys. You just have to. So I'm going to quote from a Freemason book, and it says, Masonry has a mission to bring together all men of all religions and make them one. What does that sound like? That sounds like a new world order. And so the Freemasons offer this idea of a brotherhood, business connections, right? Controlled by world leaders and people in in key places. The answers to life. Many are searching for the answers to life. What is the meaning of life? How do I attain what I, I want to attain? Also searching for power, searching for influence. Many people get into Freemasonry because they want power. They want the connections. They want influence in their community and they want that leadership role. And also because many, just like a gang or any other clique or group, Many people are lacking something in their childhood. Many people didn't have a father growing up, didn't have brothers, didn't have friendships. And so they find this friendship, they find this brotherhood in the Freemasonry organizations. And I want to touch on this really quickly, because when you look at kind of the fraternity and sorority system that has been built up in universities, it's really this kind of introductory to Freemasonry, because I was in a sorority and... I took oaths and vows, and I've renounced them since. But a lot of what I had learned later on, I realized I did in my sorority. I was put into places of leadership. I was put into um, positions where I would get, you know, ahead of somebody who wasn't in a sorority. I was given perks, right? I knew people in certain spaces where it would put me ahead of the other person. And this is that idea here. It's giving you this kind of um, Freemasonry light, if you will. And there is a woman's idea of Freemasonry. There's a woman's version, and it's called the Eastern Star. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. But I want to just focus on Freemasonry. And um, But going back to sororities and fraternities, it is really Freemasonry light. And when you start to see that a lot of these sororities and fraternities are doing all the same hand signs that the Illuminati and the Freemasons are doing. Why? There's a reason why, you guys, and it's not as innocent as many may think. You know, they see them doing the okay sign, the pyramid, etc. There's a reason why they're flashing up those signs. And we're going to get into the signs and symbols because it will help you guys understand a little bit deeper how this is tied to the mystery religions. But these signs and symbols are an access point for the enemy. I've spoken about this a lot in my podcast, but there needs to be a focal point. This is why they use geometry. They use shapes, right? A circle, a magic circle, or a pyramid, or a triangle. It's because the energy has to be harnessed in a way. Look at the Super Bowl. When everyone was down on the field during the halftime show, all of the focus, all of the energy was in the center of the field, in the center of the arena, the circle. And this is part of the belief system that goes so much deeper into these antichrist spiritual uh, rituals and um, ideologies is it's mystical, it's magic, and and they know this, and they're playing on the ignorance of you and I, and our our laziness in some ways to not research some of this out. Now, I will say this: I know there's a lot of you out there who are busy. You know, you're in school, you're married, you have kids, you work, and you don't have time to research all of this. And so, this is a great starting place for you, but. I really encourage you to test, even me, test people that you're listening to, make sure that what is being said testifies to your spirit. And if you're a believer, you should be able to pray to God and say, is this true? And your spirit should confirm it. Um, 
So that's really important. Don't just take this as information and ingest it without testing it. That should be a good practice for each and every one of you when you listen to people online and on podcasts. So going back to this idea of the connections, right? Get into this because of connections, brotherhood, etc. But I want to talk about some of the Freemasonry gods that are included in Freemasonry that there are principalities, powers, demonic entities, right, that are associated with some of these rituals. And some of the Freemasonry gods are the Canaanite god Baal. In fact, there is a an oath and a ritual that is taken. And when you do this, you're actually kissing the Bible on a page where the Bible is open to the Old Testament verses talking about the Canaanite god Baal. Um, some of the other gods are Anubis, Osiris, I- Isis, Tammuz, and Krishna. And many of these Freemasonry gods are tied to fertility. In fact, most of the ones that I just listed are talked about in fertility. And this is going to come into play as we go through the symbols because it's all around, all about this generative organ, right? It's all about fertility, the phallus, the female um, organ, right? It's all about this idea of fertility and sex magic. And this is why we have to understand this because we have to know what we have gotten ourselves into or just to be aware to share with others. But one of the rituals that they do in the lower level is they get blindfolded. And I actually remember doing this in a sorority. We were blindfolded and we were walked up to the top of this building. And my sister, my older sister in the sorority led me up there. And I had to go through this ritual and oath. And when she took the blindfold off of me, I was up on top of this crazy building, Cal Poly Pomona, where I went to university. And at the if you guys are familiar in California, Cal Poly University has this like triangle building. And it was the weirdest looking building. But anyways, we went up there and she took the blindfold off of me and there were all these candles lit. It was so looking back now is so creepy, just even thinking about it. But I was so naive then, you know, it was 20 something. And um, so I went up there, took the blindfold off. And I had to say these words I had, I was supposed to memorize them, but I didn't remember all of them. So my sister had to help me say them. But I remember that because as I'm studying, you know, Freemasonry there, one of the rituals was exactly that. And it's this idea of being hoodwinked and hoodwinked literally means deceived, right? You got hoodwinked, you got deceived. And this is that idea of blindfolding. And so as the um, candidate walks through, they are prepared to enter into what is called the holy place, which is the lodge. And they don't know what to say. So the person with them tells them what to say. And so they're supposed, they're told to say that I am a poor candidate desiring to be brought from darkness to light. And psychologically, if you think about that, you can't even answer for yourself. You have to be told what to say. And this is really playing into the psyche here. And it's this idea that masonry is going to make you something. And really, no, what's going to make you something is what God makes you, right? Going back to that. So then a dagger or sharp compass is placed in the chest. And they are told that if they share the secrets, you know, like I said, you'll be cut from ear to ear, you know, your heart will be, you know, pierced, throat cut, right? This idea of the innards being pulled out, all of this stuff, like just vile stuff, disgusting. And then there's a part where they're told to kiss the Bible. And this was a testimony of um, someone that had come out of Freemasonry. And he said that the pages were opened 
to a Old Testament page of the pagan god Baal that was written on this page. And so you think, okay, I can kiss the Bible, right? What's wrong with that? Well, essentially what was happening is in this ceremony, in this ritual, they were kissing the page of the Bible that was binding them and consecrating them to this idea of the Canaanite god Baal. And if you guys heard my interview with Michelle, Michelle Young, I just put it out on deliverance and witchcraft. I was mind blown by what she said. I had no idea that witches would use biblical scripture to bring curses on people. And she talked about how when you go to a psychic and people will say, well, they had a Bible by them. Well, because they use scripture to curse. And you know, this is this is that idea that, that the word is alive, but the enemy can use it and twist it and make it into something that God never intended it to be. And the same is true in these rituals. And so you've got this idea of making these oaths to whatever God or entity or demonic spirit is attached to this. And you are doing it by your own volition, by your own self will. And there's legalities there, right? And, you know, we think about the Bible and how God is our righteous judge. Well, well, if you're going to invoke your self-will and you're going to step into these unknowingly, albeit, you're going to open yourself up, you know, when the hedge is broken, the viper strikes. And a lot of people unknowingly go into this and a lot of people knowingly do. And in essence, they're opening themselves up to curses on themselves, on their families. And it's a serious deal. So, you think about that and, you know, it's it's a big deal. But let's go into some of the symbolism. Um, one of the main symbols of the Freemasons is the square and compass. And again, you've got these two triangles, essentially, and the triangle with a point down represents a female and the triangle with a point up represents the male. Again, fertility, right? New life. And these are all curses and these are all rituals that are done utilizing these symbols because the symbols are super important. Now I will say, when you look at this, it also goes into sun worship. Okay, you've got the sun, and you've got the moon, you've got all this idea of creation over the creator. And when you look at the Old Testament prostitution rituals in the temple prostitution and rituals of the Old Testament, I meant to say, sorry, you see that it's all tied back to these pagan rituals that they're doing in Freemasonry. And it all goes back to to the Old Testament, you guys. Literally, there's nothing new under the sun. Um, they're they're doing sex magic, albeit it's it's veiled, and many people don't understand it. But we need to figure out what we're getting into before we partake in some of these things like Freemasonry. Um, it's it's severe. So you got the square and compass. It represents the male and female. You've got the big letter G that's in the middle of square and compass. And some say it symbolizes God, which God is my next question. But it can also represent G for geometry, which um, again goes back to understanding creation and how, you know, things are made, nature. But it also means the generative organ. And this is that idea, again, of fertility. Okay, so when you start to look at this, the, the triangle, you start to look at the shapes all of this goes back to this idea of Freemasonry, but also it represents the male and the female. It represents alchemical magic. It represents the elements in the earth, right? Air, water, earth, fire, and the fifth element is spirit. And what these witches and warlocks and Wiccans and occultists, what they do is they manipulate creation to pro- 
to bring about an outcome. It's all about worshiping creation over the creator. If you can remember anything, that's what it's about. And while we believe that God created everything and that it's beautiful, we don't worship it. We don't worship the stars and the moon and the sun. We don't revere it and worship it and do moon rituals, right? We worship the one who made the moon. What power does the moon have? And this is that idea here in these secret societies like Freemasonry, you've got these types of symbols. Now, a couple of other symbols in Freemasonry, is, Facebook is Tubal Cain, which goes back to the Bible. And that is a part of Freemasonry, as well as Google. If you look at Google, the Gmail, it's the Masonic apron. Those are just a couple of ideas in the media that show us who they represent. The six-pointed star is the two triangles up and down representing the sexual union of a man and a woman. We also see the symbol of the all-seeing eye, the triangle. We see it on the back of the dollar bill. That should give you a clue of what our foundations were built upon, Freemasonry and the U.S. dollar. And the all-seeing eye is what they will say is the eye of God watching over you. It is not the eye of God. There's a hidden meaning there. This hidden meaning is the eye of Horus, the eye of Ra, the all-seeing eye. And not everything is Christian. We have to test the spirits. They use phrases like worshipful master, worshipful lodge. And again, no one deserves worship over God. Who who wanted worship? Lucifer did. We read this in Isaiah. I will be like the most high God, right? His five I wills. And so even in these little clues that they give us in their phrases and what they say, it starts to come to an understanding. Now, a few other symbols that we see with the Freemasons are the top hat. You've got the black top hat that you see Aerosmith is worn and you see it in different voodoo donuts. They have the top hat. The top hat looks like the magician, the dark artist, right? You've also got the white gloves and um, the white aprons. And when you look at Disneyland and you look at Mickey and Minnie and, and Donald Duck, they all have the white gloves on. And it makes sense because you know, Walt Disney was a Freemason. And as you start to dig into Walt Disney, you see he really was um, hidden in plain sight because everything that he said he was and stood for by, you know, the idea of what Disneyland is, is really a lie. And if you want to go back and listen to J.R. Sweet's testimony of what happened to him at Disneyland, there's tons of people that have testified that Disneyland was a three-letter agency used to um, torture MK Ultra victims used as a front, used to do all sorts of things um, in some of these top level secretive projects. And of course, it would be because they have access to children, they have access to all sorts of underground tunnels underneath Disneyland, Disneyland and um, just so much more there. But one of the big ones is the checkerboard floor and the pillars of Freemasonry, as well as Jacob's Ladder. When you look at the iconic symbol for Freemasonry and you Google that, you will see this arch with the 69 and at the top. And you have the two pillars on the side, which are called Boaz and Joaquin. And then you have this checkerboard floor. You have a skull. You have a coffin. You have all these different symbols there. And those are worth noting because they all mean something deeper to the people that are involved in Freemasonry. And the pillars are even deeper. As I've talked about before, they go into the number 11, they go into 9-11, and the two demolishing into one, right? And we see that in terms of what they want to do for the world is this new world order of 
you know, dissolve and coagulate like the Baphomet has on his arms, they want to dissolve and recreate. And it's called the great work. This is what many occultists have talked about in the past, have talked about in the past. And this is the idea here, and it goes back to their symbols. So the two pillars are important. Those are also represented in numbers, like I said, a number 11. And you also have the checkerboard floor, which is the idea of black and white, good and bad duality. It's the yin and yang of life, really. And the idea of duality is really a big part of most of these secret religions, most of these mystery religions, I call them. And all of them go back to the ancient religions of old Babylon, Egypt, etc., um, Jewish mysticism. And you can tie them all back there and their symbols give them away. And you see all of the celebrities with their black and white, their checkered board, you see it everywhere. And the black and white side by side is showing this duality when they pose together at the Grammys or what have you. And many, many people are being shown with a lot of these symbols that I just mentioned. Do Doja Cat just had a birthday a couple years ago, maybe last year or year before, and her cake had the Freemasonry symbol on it. Ashton Kutcher has been seen wearing a Freemasonry hat. Um, Simon Cowell has a Freemasonry symbol on his jet ski. I mean, you guys, the list goes on and on. Sha Shaquille O'Neal, like I said, there are so many people that do even the hand positions of Freemasonry, the hidden hand. Many of you may not know this, but that comes from the book of Exodus, where God tells Moses to put his hand in his, you know, his coat or what have you. And when he pulls it out, it becomes leprosy. And when he puts it back in, it becomes healed again. That's called the hidden hand. And it's part of one of the rituals and one of the hand gestures that the Freemasons use. And even thinking about that, you think, well, that sounds Christian. That sounds biblical. Yeah. But you know, even the demons shudder. They know this scripture. They know God. You know, they shudder at the name of God because they know him. Satan knows scripture. And so why wouldn't he twist and turn scripture that he can't create? He can only only imitate. And so when you see the hidden hand that the Pope does and world leaders do and celebrities do all the time, they're just showing you who they are. They're showing you that they're in an allegiance with a secret society, with a brotherhood. And that's Freemasonry. Um, you see, Jay-Z and others that are, you know, use the Knights Templar cross to show that they're part of a secret society, part of a, you know, the Illuminati, whatever you want to call it. It's really one and the same. I use a lot of these terms interchangeably, but they are one and the same. They're a, they're each a gift wrapped in different packaging. And yet the gift is all the same. When you open it up, it's all the same. It's Satanism. It's Luciferianism. It's um, Antichrist religion. And it leads you down a path to hell, literally to curses, iniquities, hell, and, um, you know, bondage in your life. And so if we don't understand this, and we're just ignorant, you know, ignorance is not bliss, it can have serious repercussions on our life. So a couple of comparisons here. Masonry, like every other false religion, says you can earn your salvation by works, by good works, being a good person, right? Where Christianity says that grace alone by Jesus and belief in him. There's nothing you can do to earn your way to salvation. And it's only by Jesus and his death that we were able to have even the free gift of salvation because of him. And as we learned their top four books that they use, that means that whatever your higher power is, whatever your supreme being is, that's okay. 
you can have whatever God you want. You even see this in AA, whatever your higher power is, whatever your supreme being is. Well, that's not okay. There is only one Yehovah, Jehovah, right? That's the great I am. That is I am that I am. That's that's God, the creator. And so there's nothing that he even stands in comparison to. And he demands worship to him alone. And he deserves that worship. So saying that you can worship whatever God you want to believe in goes against the tenets of Christianity. And we talked about how Jesus isn't even talked about. He's actually likened to just a good man, a good prophet, a good, you know, teacher, a good philosophist. And that's not true. Um, scripture tells us that Jesus is God. And right there is a um, common error in Freemasonry and other religions. Other doctrine of Freemasonry is that it teaches that only initiation into the degrees and the mysteries will bring you or the person, the initiate, out of the darkness into the light. And so again, this gives this idea of exclusivity. It gives this idea of elitism um, and that only Masons can have this enlightenment. You know, you see that pyramid, who, who's at the top, only the, the enlightened ones. Um, how similar are, are other false religions when you compare it to Freemasonry? It's no different. So as we kind of wrap this up, there are no secrets in the kingdom of God. There are, there are only mysteries. And as we grow closer in our walk with the Lord, as we grow closer in our faith with the Holy Spirit, he reveals the deep mysteries of God. And it's only by having the Holy Spirit that you can understand the mysteries. But there's no secrets. Anybody and everybody can come to an understanding of the gospel, come to know Jesus. It doesn't matter where you came from, where you know who your mother or your father was. Anybody who believes in Jesus Christ and confesses in with his mouth and believes in his heart that he is Lord, that he is God, and repents and, and, and turns away from his sin, those are the ones that he calls his. And so, you know, Freemasonry says secrecy is necessary. It's an existence and it, for existence, right? It's to protect them. And this is, you know, this is not true. Um, Ex-Masons will say that curses and oaths taken in every degree that there is an affliction to the body. There is something in those oaths, in those rituals that afflict the body and the children and those generations after um, of the family members. And Christians are told to never take oaths. In Matthew 5, 34 through 37, Jesus says, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by earth, for it is God's footstool. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Beyond this is of the evil one. So we're not to do this. And he tells us here in this verse that when you do this, it, you're aligning with, you're yoking up with the evil one. You're yoking up with the principalities and the demons and the dark forces. We don't want that. We don't want things in our life that could potentially bring about sickness and death in our lives. And this is real. This is real. It's witchcraft. It brings with it curses and because it goes against God. So as we kind of wrap this up, you guys, I know I didn't touch on the Eastern star, but when you look at the Eastern star, it's just the woman's version of Freemasonry. And it has the five pointed star there. It has all, which is very similar to the alchemical five pointed star, right? Of um, the elements. And as you kind of dig into that and you see that it's so similar to Freemasonry, it's so similar with the oaths and the rituals, you don't need to be a part of it. And so if you are a part of it, or if you have been or your family line has been, 
you can renounce those oaths taken by your family line. You can renounce them. You can come into the authority of the blood of Jesus Christ, come under that. And in that authority, you are a co-heir with Christ if you believe in him. You can renounce those. Those will not have effect on you if you truly come with a repentant heart. If you break and renounce whatever it is that has been passed down your family line, you have to do this. You know, God doesn't force us to, to do anything. And there's this misconception out there that when you come to know Christ, that you're delivered from everything. The only thing you're delivered from is hell. But you're not delivered from, you know, strongholds and iniquities and oaths and curses per se, um, from your family line necessarily. And so that's part of the renewing, that's part of the sanctification, that's part of um, this idea of deliverance. It's an ongoing process. And so as the Lord brings this up in your mind, you have that authority to renounce them, to cut these off and step into that. Um, if you need resources or you need um, some ideas of of how to pray, you can always reach out to me. I have resources for you. You can always do even just a quick YouTube search for renouncing Freemasonry prayers. Um, it's not the prayers, you guys. Don't just because you say a prayer and you when you go through it and just repeat it. If you're just going through it haphazardly, that doesn't mean anything. It's less about the prayer and more about your heart. And the first thing is you have to know Jesus as your personal savior. You have to, because if you do these things and you cast these things out and you're not right and your temple isn't filled with him, it says that more will come back and they'll harass you. Um, That's a true thing. You know, you can read about that in the Bible. And so you want to make sure first and foremost that you know Jesus Christ. And then secondly, it's about a heart change. It's about you wanting to change. If you want to change and be set free from this, it has to come from a heart posture of surrender. And I know a lot of people that want deliverance, want freedom, and yet their heart is far away from God. They go through the motions, they say all the right things, but it's up in their head. It's not in their heart. And so it has to start with that. But I want to encourage you guys. This is hopefully something that will help you maybe get you on the path of researching a little bit more. But if you need anything, please reach out to me, email me, let me know if you have ideas for future podcast topics and or guests, that would be awesome too. let me know. But otherwise, I hope you guys have a great day and we will see you next time.